Welcome to D4 Sports, Day Drinking with Don and Dustin. I'm Don. And I'm Dustin. We're coming to you from Lubbock, Texas. And London, England. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome everybody to D4 Sports, episode five, Drunk Uncle Fantasy Sports. That's going to be the topic for this week. We're going to talk about uh, talk about fantasy sports, how, how to play fantasy sports, how not to play fantasy sports, tie that in with some other things. Today is August the 29th, so we are getting close to the start of the football season. We are well underway in... Uh, football season over here in the UK, that being the Premier League and stuff. Dustin, what'd you think of Millwall this last weekend? Well, first of all, I'm going to say if we would have started this podcast a little over a year ago, Drunk Uncle probably would have been the name of the podcast itself. Um, (laughs) Just going to throw that out there. Uh, But yeah, Millwall, man. Great job. It was a good win. win. Um, We needed that one for sure. Um, You know, listening to some... Some talk on it, not, uh, I mean, there's still some negativity, but I mean, you can't be too negative when you go win a game. I mean, you got to get those three points. You got to mean, stay in the fight. So um, absolutely good to see. Good to see. And and for those who, you know, may not be following Millwall at home, they, uh, they won their first game of the season pretty, pretty solidly, pretty good performance. And then really two bad, two real bad games in a row, actually. And, uh, but they went out, got it, got a new young player on loan from Arsenal, put him in the game immediately, and I think he kind of helped make some things happen. They had a good one nothing win against Stoke City, who was a pretty decent team in the Champions League. So, and actually not, took out one of their defenders who didn't play at all, and they did better. So there, there you go. I, you know, yeah, good well, to see. I don't think we need to get into the granular level of the actual players on Millwall. That might bore our audience a bit, but. You never know. You never know. Maybe the boys from Bermondsey will start listening. Maybe. <laughs> I do I do think it's interesting, and I'll just say this, though. Um, out of all the teams that have a winning record or a like uh, an even record, mm-hmm, we're the mm-hmm. only ones that have more goals against than four. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Negative one goal differential, I think it is, right? Is that where we are? It, Yes, sir. <clears throat> that's yeah. That's not good. That's uh, that's the main tiebreaker in in football over here. If you end up right. with tied in points, it goes to goal differential. So we got to get that up. But well, all right. So we're gonna get this episode uh, started off just kind of with uh, we're gonna start off with some shots because how does uh, how does your drunk uncle end up drunk if he hasn't taken some shots? Uh, just send us some quick stories for the week. So. Uh, uh, Dustin, you 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 want you you got a shot you want to start off with, or uh, you want me to go? I'll go ahead. Um, I'm just excited for the U.S. Open. I mean, I know we talked a little bit about mm-hmm. it last week, um, but I'm excited to to see um, the matches going on. I mean, there've already been some upsets. Um, I mean, it's it's just interesting and fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the the number uh, six player, I believe it was, um, that's already out in mm. Rune. Um, and then the number 15, Augur Alasame, is already out. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, even I, the I, first round, like I didn't see that. Like we yeah. talked about, or like I mentioned, it's, it's, it's fun to see those upsets. 
But when it comes down to it, as you get closer to the finals, you want to see the big dogs actually play. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, let's hope we don't have any major ups. But uh, Rune going out early is surprising. He's, he's been pretty strong in the uh, Grand Slams of late, so that one's a bit Yeah, of and he lost in four as the number four seed, so. Yeah. Hmm. That's a surprise. I hadn't seen that one yet because the matches didn't start until pretty late over here, so I didn't uh, – <clears throat> didn't get to that one today, but uh, I, I wanted to come back to our boy, who's now made three episodes, Shohei Otani. <laughs> yeah, the angels, man, the angels. I just got to say, though, ligaments don't matter. It's pretty clear ligaments don't matter. Because for those of you who haven't heard, Shohei Otani tore his ulnar collateral ligament, his UCL ligament, and his throwing arm, so he's going to need Tommy John surgery if he wants to pitch again, which is, you know, an 18-month recovery and all that. But apparently he can still hit with no with no ligament, and his OPS is 1.5 since he tore his ligament, which is, like, by far the best in the majors. So, yeah, ligaments don't matter. I guess ligaments not. Ligaments don't matter. I mean, I think Kyler Murray's probably still playing video games with a torn ACL. Probably. Um, if he if he actually you know gets out of bed, yeah. Uh, well, that's a nice segue. Actually, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna do two in a row. The Kyler Murray Kyler Murray segue to what are the Arizona Cardinals doing? Dustin, this is your team, but Kyler Murray, <clears throat> of course, still on uh, the injured list after, uh, or I guess the pup list, physically unable to perform list after tearing his ACL. The end of last season. So today they cut Colt McCoy, who was the really the only apparent backup they really had. And so that leaves them with Joshua, Joshua Dobbs, Dobbs, who yeah. they signed four days ago and has yet to take a snap for the team. And who, fifth round draft pick. And their fifth round draft pick, Clayton Toon, ladies and gentlemen, Clayton Toon. These are the two quarterbacks on their roster. And Dobbs has at least played in the NFL, but not really well. He had a couple of real spotty fill-ins for Pittsburgh. He was on the Titans for couple, couple for last year and played a couple of games not well. And then was somehow on the Cleveland, only when he got to the Cleveland Browns. Dustin, what are the Cardinals doing? They are trying to see if they can uh, drive a franchise into the ground. Um, it, this is ugly. It's not pretty at all. Um, I mean, getting rid of your backup right after you realize, oh, our, you know, franchise quarterback isn't going to be able to play for some time. Um, it's, it, it just makes for some interesting moves, especially with the new, new coach and kind of go from there. But man, I don't, I don't even know what to say right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and people, you know, we're talking about teams that have tanked in the past to try to get the number one draft pick. But, I mean, they were well on their way anyway. They were not – everybody knew this was going to be kind of a rebuilding year, but, you know, they trade away DeAndre Hopkins. They don't have their starting quarterback. So they've got one of the worst receiving rooms in the league. They've got one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Right. They, they, and now they're I, – I can't remember an NFL team going into a season with a worse quarterback situation than this. No, it's tough. Um, and, you know, like you said, there was a good chance that they'd probably get the number one pick next year. Um, this may have solidified it. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I was reading some of that. If Clayton Toon starts, he will be the lowest, the lowest dra- drafted player to start as rookie quarterback since 1970. He was taken in the fifth round. I mean, Dak, you know, is probably the best example. Recently, he was fourth round, I think, and he started. But, yeah, I don't know, man. You're Cardinals, baby. This could be, this could be ugly. This yeah, I could. Well, no, no matter how bad they are, I, I, I don't think I see him going 0-16. Let, let's hope not. Uh, nobody, nobody needs to see that again. Well, all right. There are your shots for this week. So, Dustin, I think to start our, our segment on fantasy sports here, I want to put my historian hat on just a little bit. Talk about kind of the history of fantasy sports for those who may be uninitiated. Well, I think with history, that's right up your alley, no matter what we're talking about. So it, it works <laughs> I mean, well for you. There you go. There you go. So anybody out there who is a, a sports fan and any anybody my age and probably your age, too, I, I is you're a little kid, you're out there, you always, you're dreaming of it, you're, you're, you're on the basketball court and you're like, three seconds, two seconds, one second, whew. you know, you take the shot to win the game, right, or you're pretending it's two outs, bottom of the ninth, you're at the plate. So everybody dreams about sports and fantasy and, you know, we have sports fantasies. And we all want to, to play sports and, and, you know, kids like me, I mean, I used to just make up games, make up sports, and in fact, my best friend growing up, Roy, and I independently kind of made up the same sort of baseball game in our front yard. We'd throw the ball off the wall, depending on where if we caught it or not. It'd be like a single or a double or, you know, if we throw it past us, it, you know, if it runs and score. We literally kind of made up the same sort of game. And I even, when I was a little kid, I talked about when I was a Raiders fan. <clears throat> you know, when I, was, when I was a kid, you know, obviously there was no internet. So we didn't get our sports online. We had the sports page every day. And I, I devoured the sports page every day. I would read the stats. I, I, you know, I knew everything. I, I'd memorize the thing. I actually sat in my garage when I was a kid and made up a football game with dice and probabilities based on the statistics I had in the newspaper. So I'd sit there and I had all these teams and I had all the top stats and I'd write them all down. And then I'd be like, all right, first down. And I'd roll the dice and be like, oh, he got a six. And it's like, oh, that's five yards. And I'd literally be like, play these games. It probably says more about me than it should as a little kid. No comment. (laughs) But the reason I share that is because the first ever real fantasy sports game was rotisserie baseball. Do you you know anything about rotisserie baseball, Dustin? You've mentioned it before, but it, I mean, it's been a while, and and to be honest, I don't remember much about about it. Yeah, so so rotisserie baseball it was basically almost the game that I created just with baseball and kind of formalized. And so people would take baseball cards, and they compile all the stats, and you'd have the teams based on last year's stats, and you'd sit and you'd roll the dice, and depending upon you know, if your pitcher, you know, you know, if you had Nolan Ryan. You roll the dice, and if you, you know, if you roll, you know, whatever, you know, between two and ten, it's a strike or or whatever, right? And you could literally play the game. And I, Ryan McGovern, good uh, friend of mine, growing up, um, 
he introduced me to rotisserie baseball back in the 80s, and we'd sit there and we'd play this. And this became a, a pretty legit, like, tabletop sort of game. And then, as, uh, you know, as, as that game caught on, it was actually pretty, pretty popular back in the 80s, and there were leagues and stuff. And then, and then of course, you know, the, the Internet came along, and all of a sudden, people could get stats, and you didn't have to comb through the newspapers to have somebody compile the stats, you know, for what happened in yesterday's game. And all of a sudden, there became a possibility for people to essentially choose their players and say, I think, you know, this guy, this is my pitcher for today, this is my, you know, my first baseman, my shortstop, etc. You declare your players, they'd go out, they'd play their game on the, the actual game on the field, you'd use their stats, you'd compare it, you'd either win or lose. And this, of course, then spread from baseball, where it was kind of initially popular, and then into football, and then into all these other sports. So this is what fantasy football is, right? It's, it's, it's all of us, literally armchair quarterbacks, get a chance to put our team together. We pick our players. They go out and they play in the real world. And then we get their stats, right? And if I pick the right guys, my team wins. Now, Dustin, you started playing fantasy football anyway. I, and you've since started playing more than just football, but you started with football, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, I just kind of jumped in because somebody asked me if I wanted to be in a, a fantasy football league. And I said, yeah, sure. Absolutely. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll, yeah. I'll play. Um, and the competitive nature in me, I wanted to, to play and win. So I had to go in and see what it was all about and then realize, oh, this is, you've got to look at stats. You've got to look at projections. You've got to look mm -hmm. at, um, the cost of thing, just all these different things. Um, yep. so hearing about, you know, rotisserie baseball and then kind of what the, what it has become just, mm -hmm. um, it just speaks to the volume of, of difference and how much it's actually grown yeah. um, over over the years. But yeah, when I first jumped in, it wasn't even close to what it is today. But yeah, I would say football is, is kind of what got me into it. Um, and honestly, yeah. that's what really got me following football in general. Because you pick your guys mm -hmm. and you're like, well, I want to make sure just to see how my guys do. And yeah. I mean, we'll get into that more, but that's kind of where it all started. Yeah, and, and for me, I was teaching in St. Louis, and, and my buddy LB at the time, they had a league going uh, at the school, and they were getting it started, and I, I joined in with that. So this is probably 2002, 2003, and, uh, and, and you know, old school days, you know, you'd get together in person, typically, you know, you'd have your buddies, you'd get in a room, and you'd do your draft, right? You'd pick your players, just like the NFL draft, You'd do the same thing, you know, somebody would get the first pick and then you'd snake, you know, one to 10 or however many teams you had and then back and forth for 16 rounds, you pick your players. And frankly, the draft was in some ways almost the most exciting part of it, right? Because, well, I mean, it's social, right? I mean, you're hanging out with your, your buddies, you know, depending on where you are, you may be having a beer or two, you know, throwing a couple of back, making fun of everybody. I'll never forget one of my absolute greatest memories <clears throat> a fantasy football draft. I think it was my second year I was playing at Westminster and coach Peterson, 
who was actually a football coach and is a great guy and a friend of mine, so he probably won't care too much should he ever get this story ever get back to him that I'm actually telling it. He didn't know anything about, didn't know anything about fantasy football, right? But no, new football inside and out. So we're in the first round of the draft, and I think he was picking 10th, right? And we come along, and I'm trying to think who the, who the big player, I mean, Peyton Manning was playing back then, Randy Moss is playing back then. So these guys are coming off the board early. It gets to him, his first round pick, he goes, well, <laughs> I can't even tell it without laughing. He goes, oh, well, defense wins championships. And he took the Chicago, the Chicago oh, Bears no. defense <laughs> in round one. And, and he went on to win it, huh? <laughs> uh, no, he did not. He did not. Right. And, uh, and again, for those who may not understand why that's funny, in real football, he's – pretty much right defense wins championships great defenses win championships in fantasy football the defense other than unless you're playing a league with a kicker uh the defense is probably the least important aspect of your team and you have to pick a team defense and depending on if they recover fumbles or happen to get a touchdown they score points but yeah that was terrible well with that (laughs) with that story once i got into playing a little bit of fantasy football like the next year I thought, well, I'll just do, you know, fantasy basketball on ESPN. I think it'll be fun. Uh-huh. And so I kind of took a very similar route without realizing what I was doing. Cause what I picked was this is a team that could go out and actually win a championship, not mm-hmm. this guy's going to give me stats. So it was mm-hmm. like, Oh, this guy's a good leader. You know, he'll, <laughs> mm-hmm. he'll be able to do well, but it, yeah. And that, that's when I realized, Oh, it's, it's all about stats. It's not about anything else. Yeah, and that's exactly one of the things that, that I think is really, and, and you mentioned it earlier, and, and let, let's, let's go ahead and go there now, because the bottom line is that fantasy sports completely changes the way that you watch sports. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you pick your guys, one, based off of how you think they're going to do, mm-hmm. but then you're like, okay, well, now I'm following them closely as we go mm-hmm. throughout. Um, I've got a you know whole season to see how they do. You know, you're if they get injured, oh, can they get back? Or you know, what's going to happen? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're kind of in the trenches, even though you're sitting on a couch. I mean, it's well, it, and and beyond that, it, it you <laughs> you almost sometimes stop rooting for your team, right? I, I mean, if you are a legitimate fan of a team, like I'm a Patriots fan, so I never want to see the Patriots lose, but. You know, if like their first game of the season is going to be against the Eagles, and of course I, I want the Patriots to win. But if I play Jalen Hurts as my quarterback, who's the quarterback of the Eagles, and he goes off and has a big game, like, well, okay, the Patriots lost, but he gave me forty points, so you know, okay, not so bad, right? Right. And, and even more than that, I, I, so I mean, like you know, and tying this back to you know, we got into our league, and and originally fantasy sports were always season long, right? So you'd pick one team at the beginning of the season and then you could make trades throughout the years if guys would trade with you. And you could, you know, if a guy gets hurt, you'd replace him on your team. You'd, you know, there was always some rookie that nobody drafted that you could pick up in the third week and, you know, and, and you could, you, you know, work the waiver wire, build your team throughout the season. But, you know, if you were, I started to a point where I was playing in like two or three or four leagues at a time with different groups of people. So now I've got, I don't know, 60 guys in the league that I'm following, 
right? For stats, for no other reason than stats. Even they, they can be on teams that I really, that I hate, right? I am not a Ravens fan. Never been a Ravens fan in my life, but I will play Lamar Jackson almost every week if I could in, in some, right. because, because he's going to score me points. So it just, it completely changes the way that you watch the game. The ultimate example of these as you know, historically, the last couple of seasons, you've had some point late in the season in an important game where a guy gets the ball, you know, there's a minute left in the game, he's run into the end zone, but he doesn't score. Instead, he kneels down to keep the clock running, to run out the clock instead of scoring a touchdown and giving the ball back to the other team. And that just, I mean, as a fantasy owner, you're just, you're just dying, right? Because you got had an easy touchdown. He was running in for a score. You, you got it. And then he takes a knee and you don't get anything, right? Right. Because they're playing the game. Like they're playing football. They're playing <laughs> exactly. to win. And you're sitting there going, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, you got to run yeah. that in. I don't, I don't that's care. Right. Yeah. Um, that's definitely something that, that plays a part. And I think for me, kind of going back to you said you'd play in like three or four leagues. And it, it's funny because I, I would do the same. And you're sitting there and you're going, man, I got, I got T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I want him mm-hmm. to go off in this league. But then you look at your other league and you're like, but wait, I'm winning in that one. But if T.Y. Hilton goes off, I'm going to lose that game. So not only do <laughs> or, you have a or, team that you go for, but you, you have these two guys and then they're conflicting because you have them and then he has them and it, it just makes it more difficult. Right. Or you're playing and you got T.Y. Hilton in one league and he's playing against, I don't know, the Broncos, but you have the Broncos defense in another league. So you're like, oh, exactly. wait a <laughs> you can't, T.Y. Hill, okay, one touchdown's fine. Two is going to be a problem, right? So, right. yeah, and, and it just, and, and again, to those who are listening who are like, I don't even really follow sports and why in the world would you spend this much time on it? It just, is, it just becomes fun. It just becomes a whole nother way to approach, to approach the game. And, and it has absolutely changed the way people watch sports. I mean, you know, now look, I'm the guy who would pretty much watch every NFL game on TV and I've had the NFL Sunday ticket forever and ever. Now I'm overseas. <clears throat> they have the NFL Game Pass, which is actually better than the Sunday ticket, believe it or not. I can literally watch every game. Um, and they have the red zone and it's half the price. <laughs> Why the U.S.? Why the NFL gives international fans better TV options than American fans, I will never know, but there it is. But I've had the NFL Sunday ticket for probably 20 years, pretty much since it came out. So I'm the guy who will watch every game no matter what, right? But you, Dustin, were never the guy who was going to be following, you know, Cleveland and the Rams on a you know Thursday night or early Sunday, you know, until fantasy sports came around. Correct. Uh, I had no vested interest, um, which now looking back, I'm like, how did I not? But, um, <laughs> you know, back then I, it, I didn't care to be honest. And, yeah. and even with, you know, basketball being my sport, I wasn't gonna, uh, you know, back then watch the Clippers and the Bucks. Um, right. you know, where now if you do play the fantasy sports with basketball, you, you do watch those games. Um, or, or if you're not watching, you say, you're at least you're at least tracking on your phone, right? You're at least tracking the game, right? Yeah, you're you're trying to follow and see how how your guys do. 
And I think it's funny because it does bring people that don't know anything about sports kind of into it. And I'll tell a story where um, we were we had like a family fantasy thing and, and my sister um, was playing as well. Uh, my other sister, Jennifer, and we were going into Monday night's game and I had my tight end left and she was ahead. Um, and so it was one of those, like, if, if Dallas Clark doesn't play well, mm-hmm. then, then she's going to win. I want to say it was the first or second play of the game. And he catches like a 92 yard touchdown pass, which he probably <laughs> never had before <clears throat> in yeah, his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like the second play of the game. And, and somebody that doesn't watch sports whatsoever, I get a text from that said, well, I guess that's game. And it just, to me, it's funny because it's like, I would have never thought she would watch a game, but for her to want to beat me, she right. was watching the game to follow right. it. And so right. it's, it's interesting to see how, um, that dynamic plays a part in, in everything. Yeah. So, so, and so we talked about fantasy football and, and this still exists, right? We have, we have season long teams, but then daily fantasy came along and changed the game even more, right? Because... When fantasy sports, fantasy sports first started, again, you, you'd have your team, you'd have basically the same team all year long. And that was great, except for, I'll go back to 2008. 2008 in the NFL. 2007 in the NFL, the New England Patriots go undefeated in the regular season, lose in dramatic fashion in the Super Bowl, don't get the, you know, the undefeated season, great go 18 game. and one. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. I, I, look, I'm willing to talk about it now. It's been enough time, helmet catch and all that. <clears throat> well, anyway, the Patriots coming back next season, and you just know, I mean, unfinished business, right? I mean, and I think everybody thought that 2008 team might have a chance to even be better than 2007 because there was now a bigger chip on their shoulder. Opening drive of the season, what happens? You remember? Yeah. I mean, was that Brady gets hurt? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Brady tears his ACL, right? Misses the entire season. That's the year Matt Castle has to come in. Well, if you had drafted Tom Brady as your quarterback in fantasy football in 2008, thinking he threw 50 touchdown passes last year and this year he's angry, your season was over in the first drive of the season. Right. First drive. And that's the thing. And that's the thing, like you, you also know guys that have a chip on their shoulder and who mm-hmm. are going to play better. And so you want to, you, you draft base off of that, yep. right? Even if they have the stats the previous year, like, oh, this year it's really, he's really yep. mad. He's going to come out slinging. Yep. But so. injuries were, the, were, were probably the worst thing of all in season-long fantasy, right? So then, right. I don't even know exactly what year it was. It was around 2012-ish when... DraftKings and FanDuel and these groups start showing up and they start doing daily fantasy. And what this was, was you didn't have to draft a team for the whole season. Now you're just drafting them for one week, right? You're just creating a team for one game. And so you, you know, you pick your team, you play them through that weekend or through the one game, you know, well, it didn't start as a single game, but you know, for the weekend and you play your team through the weekend. And if you win, you win. And, of course, this gets tied to gambling, right? Now, most fantasy football leagues, the season-long leagues, you bet something, right? I, know, I do know guys who used to bet a lot of money 
I've personally, I don't think I've ever put in more than like 50 bucks for the whole season, you know, on a team. And so then you right. got 12 teams at the end of the year, you know, the winner gets whatever, 500 bucks. And all right, hey, cool, you know, nice, nice little perk. Some people played that for real money. Not sure I'd advise that. In fact, that's part of the reason we call him this drunk uncle, because <laughs> it's gambling, right? I mean, it, you know, long and short, it's gambling. And it's really become gambling with the daily fantasy, right? Right. Absolutely. Because, because the daily fantasy format now just lends itself to shorter contests, shorter games, more people playing, right? Yeah, and there's so much money being thrown around, you know, with, with the availability of winning big, you know, always mm-hmm. in that. But, but there's this one game, you know, if I play this one game, I can come out, if I come out on top, I've got all this, this money that's coming in. And it's mm-hmm. that little itch sometimes that um, can make it a, a problem. Um, oh, yeah. But at the same time, it, it can make it fun. So there's, like you said, uh, you know, the flip side of the coin and, and there's, there's pros and cons to it. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is the NFL and other professional sports pretty early on and the fan, when fantasy football and fantasy sports started becoming popular in the early 2000s, all of the leagues basically said you cannot, like professional players absolutely cannot play fantasy sports, right? For obvious reasons, right? I mean, I mean, if, you know, if you're actually playing the game and, you know, guys on your team or guys on the other team are actually, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, they're gambling on the game, right? Can't do it for the integrity of the game. And in fact, you've had guys recently suspended for, for gambling, not on their own sports, but even on other sports. So like, just in general, right? Just in general. Yeah, professional athletes cannot bet on sports in any way, or they're basically done. They'll at least be suspended, if not completely canned. But, but the rise of daily fantasy really, really began to change the way it was going. And, and yeah, so these games get big, right? I mean, and, and DraftKings now, they do like, you know, million-dollar prizes. Some of them have been to like $10 million. I mean, huge. You'll have games that will have you know, basically unlimited entries, like 500,000 people can play. And so you start, you know, doing the math on these and doing the odds on these and, you know, you're not going to win. And that's, we'll talk about kind of some of the real how not to play in a little bit. We'll kind of do a little segment on how to play, how not to play. But, but yeah, it's, you know, it, it really is. It can be that gambling bug. And I would just, you know, encourage everybody listening. I mean, Dustin and I, I mean, I love it. I would never tell somebody don't do it, but I would say, Look, if you got a gambling thing, <laughs> if you struggle with gambling and gambling addiction, please be careful because because it, it you know it is the thrill, it is it is the rush and the, the oh I might win and you know and that's which is the the thing that hooks all the gamblers in right right and and it it does it's kind of like that itch you can't scratch you're just going to keep going after it uh, there is a way to have fun with it for sure. Um, but like you said, it can turn into something that you, if you can't control it, then there, there will be some issues. So, yeah. So, so Dustin and I specifically, we started playing together. Boy, I I think we talked about this earlier. 2018, I believe was our first year. This is our sixth year, I think. And we started coming in to, 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 you know, figuring, oh, let, let's, you know, we, we've done our family pool and we're like, well, let's do some fantasy. So, so we now play multiple games each week, right? We'll do, you know, Thursday night game. We'll do all the games for the weekend, Sundays, early games, basically almost everything that DraftKings is going to let us do, right? So, and we'll do that. 
we'll play six or seven games a weekend, throw in some of the, you know, Thanksgiving games. Thanksgiving, we end up with like 13, 13 games going because you can, you can bet on everything. Yeah. Right. Well, and, so, and, so, and it's, not just, it's not just games anymore. If you think about it, there's, you can do different quarters or, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, it, there, there's just so much involvement with it now that, that I mean, you bet, like you said, basically you can do kind of whatever you want when it comes to the daily fantasy stuff. Yeah. Well, and now they've even, and I don't do this. I'm not, I don't do like traditional sports betting. I don't, you know, I don't put down a wager on the over-unders and, and all this sort of stuff. But um, yeah, they've, they've expanded up out into, you know, total sports books, um, you know, literally, I mean, you'll have like, again, like for almost every game you can bet on, you can put your team together for, for the game. And if something happens and you don't like your team, you can play just the second half, right? You can just do like just the fourth quarter. You can like build a, a five person team for the fourth quarter and stuff. And I personally right. haven't done that, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, but it, this is, this is where fantasy sports has come to. And, and not even that, Fantasy sports journalism. This is a thing in our world. Right. It's, uh, it, it, it's kind of like we've talked about just kind of off air. It's, it's a job that like you're, you're just talking about it. You are predicting things that haven't even happened yet. You're looking at possible statistics. Um, I mean, you're looking at, at basically everything that surrounds it. And you could be wrong and that's okay. Because it's the only thing at stake is people's gambling. <laughs> right. Like, and that's on them. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. But I, I mean, this is to me and, and, you know, there's been several people who've made literally made massive career. Matthew Barry is probably the most famous one who, you know, started doing this. He's been doing it probably 20 years. And I mean, look, you can't say he doesn't know football because, of course, he does. But. Even he, I was listening to, he was on Bill Simmons' podcast, which, you know, if you know anything about sports podcasts, let's just say a few more people listen to Bill Simmons than listen to D4 at this point. But, hey, we're coming for you, Bill. We're couple. We're coming for you. But Matthew, Matthew Berry was doing his whole season, you know, projections and stuff, and they were talking about different quarterbacks. And they talked about Aaron Rodgers, right, which is obviously – probably the single biggest story of the NFL this season with him changing teams to the Jets. You got hard knocks all about him, all this stuff. And Matthew Berry's like, yeah, but Aaron Rodgers isn't really a good fantasy quarterback. He's like 15th, right? Because he doesn't run. And, and so right. like you have, you have the, your projections of who are your best fantasy quarterbacks are absolutely not your best quarterbacks in the league. Usually now somebody like Mahomes is a bit of an anomaly, right? Who throws for so many yards and throw many, I mean, he puts up tons and tons of points just passing, but most of your best fantasy quarterback, you got Justin Fields, who, you know, we'll see if he turns into a good actual NFL quarterback. But he's a fantasy gold mine for <laughs> rushing for a thousand yards and a bunch of touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, same. Uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, because it, it's all yeah. scored differently. Exactly. Um, for the guys that run, guys that throw, different things like that. So you do it based off of what are the projections for the quarterback points, the running back points? And sometimes the quarterback is the running back, Justin Fields. Right. And so you are <laughs> going to, like you said, a gold mine. And so you're yeah. going to, you're going to draft that or pick that based off of, you know, Hey, they're playing the, the 25th ranked defense against the run. So, mm -hmm. and they're, they're fourth defense against the pass. And we know that Fields would rather 
take off with it than throw it. So you're you're looking at all these different aspects, like you said. And so to put Aaron Rodgers at 15 is ludicrous in the mind of an actual quarterback who's going to sit in the pocket, mm-hmm. read the defense, make the decision based off of what he sees in that moment. You would never put Aaron Rodgers at 15th. No. But in no. the realm of fantasy football, you're like, ah, he's he may get me 13 and a half points this game. And you're like, well, then I can't play him. Right. So, which is crazy. And so fantasy sports journalism spends its time diving through the most obscure statistics and, you know, getting all of these numbers down to talk about how you can play the guy who is not the best football player, mind you, but is going to help your fantasy team. It's, it's just baffling to me. I, I, I've spent some time trying to think about, I, I can't think of any other analogy in, in really in the media world or certainly in the journalism world where people talk about, talk about, I mean, they make their career based on something that's not even real. It's not consequential. I mean, you could, you could question how consequential sports is in general, right? But sports are a big part of our life. And so we care about it. And like, you know, teams that actually win, you know, like the real teams that go out and play and win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's great for the organization, for their career, you know, all the stuff that goes along with it. <laughs> but if I win my fantasy league, I mean, so what, right? Even if right. I, I mean, I, I mean, it, it's, it's almost become like journalism for gamblers. I mean, and I know they don't position it that way, of course, because they can't, but uh, I, I don't know. It's just a bizarre thing, but it's, it's just amazing to me how much fantasy sports has changed the landscape of sports in general. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and you look at it different ways, but they have a full well-paying career Mm -hmm. based off of this Mm -hmm. i mean it it, it's crazy and they do the research on it and they do they study it and they and it's it's crazy to even have research on it to be honest um but like you said off of obscure stats that you you know the 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 layman wouldn't even think about so like this this defense 75 percent of the time is going to blitz well what are his percentages against the blitz in this scenario (laughs) and you know it, it it's all these different aspects of the game that play a part in it. And then at the end of the day, it's just, well, it's just fantasy. And Exactly. And then it's guys like you and me sitting in the bar going, yeah, you can't play him against the Blitz. because you know, And we're going to pull out these stats and be like, you can't play him on grass. He's not nearly as good on grass. And, and like all, stuff nobody would know, nobody would care about. And yet here right. we are. Absolutely. Here we are. Well, we were talking about, you know, some of the mistakes you can make playing fantasy football. One of them, of course, betting way too much, gambling, getting into the gambling addiction. You can also make some pretty bad mistakes, you know, doing, let's face it, the other half of our show, drinking too much. Or uh, there's some there's some blunders you can make at the bar. Yeah. Right. And it's just as addictive as gambling. I mean, it's something that <laughs> maybe more so, um, yeah. maybe more so it's it. And, and to be honest, when you combine the two, because you're at the bar, you've already drafted your team, you're rooting for these guys, you're watching their stats, you see what's going on and you, you know, whether you're, you're cheering or, or crying or whatever it looks like you, you end up just ordering more. 
<laughs> that could be the and even worse if you happen to be at a casino <laughs> and then you know you wonder why casinos make money uh no nobody wonders why casino everybody knows why casinos make money but uh but yeah so we thought we thought we'd take a second and again i i hope you understand this podcast we are not in any way advocating drunkenness or irresponsibility or addiction <laughs> i mean as much as we do understand that you know alcohol can be problematic and i think we both in our own lives you know dealt with with that on certain levels but um you know we also you know want to want to talk about you know the fact that you know sometimes it can be it's very enjoyable to sit down and have a drink right uh, as as we've said but but by the same token there are some classic blunders that you can make at the bar there are some things that you can do wrong when you approach alcohol right and uh well, let's face it we talked about pre-gaming and uh tailgating and and pre-gaming is can be can be problematic. I mean, like anybody really needs to start drinking at nine or ten o'clock in the morning. But there you go. Well, and it's just but, one of those things too. Like with tailgating, everybody's doing it. So let's just get started, and then the right. next thing you know, you just continue to go because you're having fun with yep. it. You're involved with the game, but then at some point, um, it it can become too much if you let it. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and you kind of have to know your limits or what mm-hmm. you're able. Um, to to do or hold or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, like you said, pre gaming can be something that you can get carried away with, especially if you start early. Yeah, and I would say the other one, another classic blunder is getting into the shots game. I mean, <laughs> I think I think it was Jim Gaffigan who I heard he said the joke. He was like, "Hey, you guys want to do some shots?" Or he was like, "No, let's just take off our pants now." <laughs> pretty much it's it's you know i've i've you know talking with friends and and things like that and you are having fun you remember most of the night and you go yeah but man we we took that shot and um, i woke up this morning you know it's <laughs> it's you don't you don't remember much so well and, and it's it's a cheers thing too i mean i get that you you yeah. take shots for for cheersing something or um, just to enjoy it, but it, it can, like Jim Gaffigan said, next thing you know, you're like, I don't know where my pants went. <laughs> yeah. um, I've got stories it. of of, of friends that were like, started <laughs> taking shots and it was like, hey man, I really like your shirt. And next thing you know, one guy's wearing another guy's shirt. <laughs> and then the guy that switched shirts into a smaller shirt is also like wearing Angela's jewelry. Angela's my wife. <laughs> and it just, and it becomes this crazy evening. Um, mm-hmm. So not necessarily bad because that is funny. Yeah. But at the same time, it can also go the other direction. Sure. Well, and I like when my daughter Claire turned 21, we got together with friends and we were, you know, having a 21st birthday party for her. I don't know, somewhere along the night, I was like, uh oh, shot clock. Shot clock's on, <laughs> and so we all took a shot, and then, then it was about every thirty minutes someone yelled "shot clock," and uh, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, nobody got hurt, <laughs> nobody, uh, nobody did anything too too bad, but uh, you know, one shot's one thing, but you know, you start lining them up, and that's a classic bar blunder. I, I I've talked about the the uh, the alibi before, and. One time we were there with Tony and I were there. We're hanging out and we're having having a couple of drinks and just talking and whatnot. And then and there's this group next to us that gets pretty, they're they're pretty wild. They're going. They start pouring shots and the bartender's like, "Oh, you guys want one?" We're like, uh, "Okay." Well, she just kept 
Every time they bought a round of shots, she kept making shots for us of some awful strawberry cooler, terrible thing. And, uh, but you know, it's just after you've had a couple of drinks and somebody's like, Hey, you want a shot? You're, what do you say? You, you rarely say, no, thank you. You just, you kind of like, all right, you know, and you throw it back and, and there you go. Classic blunder. Right. Well, Classic and blunder. so there's a, I'm not going to name any names, but we had, there was a new year's Eve party years ago, um, that, that we were at and you're drinking, you're having fun with it. You start playing cards um, <laughs> you, you, you have cards involved and within those you're, you're taking shots. And I remember the next morning, one, I didn't feel well because of that. Um, but I had a buddy that, who was supposed to be at work. Um, mm-hmm. like he had like 30 minutes to get to work and we were at somebody else's house and we stayed there, which is a good thing. We didn't go try to go home mm-hmm. at that point, mm-hmm. but he called somebody to come and pick him up and they were like, well, where are you? And he's like, I, I don't know. I don't have the address. He goes, but I will tell you this. It's next to a stop sign. So if you can come get me, um, <laughs> that would be great. And it was like, man, it, it just becomes something that you, well, he, and he goes into work and his boss is like, hey, where's your name tag? He's like, dude, I don't know where my car is. Where do you, I'm, I'm not going to know where my name tag is. So, yeah. and, and, and what, these stories are funny, yeah. Um, but it can, like I said, it can get to a point, and even within a funny story, it can get to a point yeah. where it's not funny anymore. Um, yeah. It it can become something serious, and like you said, we don't advocate for this. And and one of the reasons I don't drink anymore is because of the addictive nature that it can bring, um, mm-hmm. or you know, and it 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 can get to a point where you're not necessarily who you really are and and it just Mm -hmm. becomes something that that makes makes it difficult uh you can have it you can enjoy it and and things like that i I will say one of the the best times i've had drinking was with you we were in st louis Mm -hmm. and we we ordered a a flight i think it was like 30 different beers oh yeah yeah and and we slafly slafly brewery in st louis brewery and we're sitting Mm -hmm. there and they brought it out and we both just went oh my this is a lot it was a lot. It was a lot, but they were, it, it, so you can have fun with it. Meaning I enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed being there, but then we yeah. got to a point we were like, okay, well we've got to be smart about this. Yeah. So, um, it's, yeah. And to be fair doing, in that story, we, we didn't know they were, they were like, well, you can have a flight, you know, have, have a flight, a tasting of, of all of our beers. Like, okay. We didn't know there was going to be whatever, 16, 24, whatever. It was a lot. I think it was, I think it was 24. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a lot, was a lot of little, out. I mean, they were all like what, three, four ounce pours. They weren't like full glasses, but still it was a lot of beer. Well, yeah, you yeah. were mixing the beers and you're mixing the darks and the lights and all. <laughs> I mean, it kind of yeah. brought everything into it, but um, yeah, it, it's yeah. definitely something you can have fun with, but it can, you can get carried away with it um, pretty easily as well. Yep. And I think, you know, the other thing, and you kind of mentioned this, I think it's important that everybody, you know, learns learns how they handle alcohol right because uh it, it, everybody it, everybody's different i think which is one of the people respond differently to different alcohol, except for tequila everybody responds badly to tequila i think but <laughs> outside of tequila like for me i learned you know my kryptonite is if i start an evening and i like if i have a, you know a cocktail or something i you know a martini Maybe you have a couple of drinks, like, you know, I said, like Jim Beam and 7-Up, and then I drink wine. 
Oh, baby. I don't know. I don't know what happens. But after wine, I don't I, I genuinely don't know what happens. And it's happened to me on a couple of occasions. And I said I didn't even necessarily drink all that much. But I, you know, had a couple of drinks and I had a glass of wine and then I wake up the next day and I'm like, what in the world? I mean, uh, you know, and it's, I, I, I have no idea why that happens, but it has happened to me a couple of times and it's like, I don't do that anymore because, yeah, it's uh, uh, classic blunders, classic blunders. And I, I mean, I have another friend. Again, this is going to be a funny story, but it's it's also one that could be serious that he was, um, I want to say, in Jersey for a, a work conference. And he goes out with some people having some fun, drinking some drinks, goes back to the hotel, um, sleeps through the night, goes to the desk at the front to, to check out in the morning. Um, and they were like, hey, sorry about the fire alarm last night. Um you know, we had to get everybody out of the hotel because, you know, the fire alarm goes off. We want to make sure everybody's good. And he's like, what fire? Yeah, no, we're good. Appreciate you, um, you know, looking out for us and had no clue that the fire alarm went off. Um, wow. So that that's, that's that's something that could have turned bad. Um, be, you know, just just be mindful. So that was it me. is a funny story. Yeah, I know it was you. Um, it is. It, it's a funny story to, to, to look back now and, and hear that. But at the same time, it's like, ooh, that could have been that, that could have been. Yeah. That, yeah. That, and I still don't know if the fire alarm actually went off or if the guy was just like messing with me. But I, I saw you come in last night. I know yeah. I can get you with this. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. I, that that one. <clears throat> yeah. Not my finest hour, but actually, but like I said, it's, to be, it's one we can look at now. That's right, and, and really, I can laugh really at it now about it. Right. Yeah. To be to be fair, what had happened is that actually the people I was going to meet in the city all abandoned me, and so I was left on my own, and so I was drinking in my sorrow. That's probably why. But actually, it was a it was a good night. Actually, I mean, frankly, I kind of went to a couple of different bars over in Jersey City and enjoyed the night and had one and too you, many at the end of the night, I guess. And there you go. And you apparently slept well, so. I slept really well. Didn't hear a thing. Didn't hear a thing, so. So there are classic blunders at the bar, and there are classic blunders playing fantasy sports. And and I'm going to start. Um, number one, obviously don't bet much money, but don't bet zero. Why don't bet zero, Dustin? Why should you not bet zero dollars? Because that's going to end up being the best lineup you've ever come up with in your life. You're going to win first place by 35 points and win absolutely nothing, Hmm. which has happened to me just for fun. I'll throw out a, a freebie just to just to see how I do, and next thing you know, I'm like, man, if I would have bet two dollars on this, I'd uh, come away with fifteen hundred. Um, yeah. But it was just, you know, you're just doing it for fun, and the next thing you know, you're just getting frustrated over it. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't bet zero. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna play DraftKings or FanDuel or what, and again, I mean, there's other platforms out there, but you know, again, I I have played on FanDuel. It's I like DraftKings better. I like the interface, whatever. If you're going to play, don't bet zero. Bet 10 cents. I mean, right, they have games. You can bet 10 cents. Bet something. 
because like Dustin says, you, you never know when you're going to win, right? And, and you, the last thing you want is to have the game of your life and get zero. Been there. Yeah. And by the same token, don't bet much, okay? And there are people, I mean, and, and look, if you want to be one of these people, you know, go for it. There are people who, just as there are people who spend their lives being fantasy football writers, there are people who make their careers playing daily fantasy sports. That's what they do. And they are targeting what they call the whales, right? And the whales are the guys who are, you know, oh, man, I, I know what I'm doing. on. I'll go drop 100 bucks on this game. And, you know, they get into a game where they're like, oh, there's, you know, 100 people with 100 bucks and the winner gets home 10,000. Guess who's not taking home 10,000? It's the whale, right? Because there are literally people who do nothing but play these games and they do tons and tons of entries. You know, they overload games. There's all sorts of strategies out there that people use to try to win. Unless you really, really want to commit to doing that, which most of you probably don't, don't bet very much money. And everybody has a different definition of very much. I don't think I've ever bet more than about $10 on a game, maybe once or twice. I think once or twice I, I, I got into one of the games that was like a $20 entry and it's like, all right, let's give it a shot. Uh, we play six or seven games a weekend. I probably bet 10 to 15 bucks a weekend. Right. Um, and I'm the same way. And I think it's one of those things, if you're going to go into the game going, eh, let's give it a shot and see how I do, don't expect to, to get in the top. I mean, you may come away, if you bet a uh -huh. dollar, coming away with a dollar fifty to, to $5 maybe, if you're lucky. Yep. Um, but it's more, like if you're doing it for fun, you know, pay a little bit less, have fun with it, but don't expect to to win it all. And I'm not saying it won't happen, but at the same time, the chances yep. are going to be extremely minimal because you are playing against professionals to do this for a living. Yep. And, you know, look, if you want to give it a shot, play a 50-50 game, right? A 50-50 game is where, you know, you'll have 100, they have like 110 people enter and they pay out a $100 and you bet a dollar and the top 50 people get two bucks and the bottom 50 don't get anything, right? So even if you get first place, you only win a dollar. But, you know, it's something, right? And it makes the game a little more fun. But uh, Right. Well, even multipliers, yeah. like if you, you know, you go in with, I don't know, 12 people and top yep. three win $3 each. I mean, yep. you're, those guys aren't going to find the pros in it because they're, mm -hmm. that's not much for them. They're going to go in the games where it's going to be, you know, top dollar kind of thing. So yep. the smaller ones... Um, you can still have fun with it. You're not going to make as much, but at the time, the, the thing is you're going to play against people that are probably going to be on your level as well. Yeah. And if you look at, you know, you can go in, you can look at all the contests, all the games. I mean, basically you have to be in about the top 10% to win money. So if there's 30 people playing, if there's only a 30 people game, you got to generally be in the top three. Sometimes it'd be like top nine, but then of course the prize is less. So, you know, if you really want to try to, play and, and you want to, you know, have a little bit at stake, a little bit on the line, you know, bet a little bit, try some of these multiplayer games or, you know, do what I do, play the games that'll pay out $10,000, but you're only betting a dollar, you know, and again, it's like, you might just get lucky. You, you, I mean, somebody's going to win the game, right? Somebody's going to win and you might have the lineup. You just never know. 
<clears throat> but I will say, and I, I think I, I think I told you about this a few years ago about the the people have done research on this about whether or not you can actually even enter all of the possible combinations that could win. And the answer is you cannot. I mean, like literally there are so many combinations that there are there to write a computer program that would actually produce enough of the combinations. It, it would take more computing power than almost anyone has. And of course, the other side of that is you can't enter all those lineups. So they, 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 you know, they know what they're doing. I mean, you know, the house always wins, right? It's, I mean, just, it, it's, it's not quite a casino, but it's pretty much a casino. What, what these daily sports centers are doing and they're always going to make their money. So, you know, but just, just know that, right? Now, now D Dustin, what's your biggest win in fantasy sports? Uh, my biggest win, I, I think I won 150 and something, put a, a dollar in. Um, it was a basketball one. I couldn't tell how well I was doing. It was getting late, so I went to bed, woke up the next morning, and, oh, man, maybe <laughs> I should do that more often, quit following and just, <laughs> you know, go with it. Um, yeah. I did win big uh, following you one game, mm -hmm. and I'll let you tell that story. Um, and it wasn't like a huge amount because it was more like, oh, Nick put this lineup in. Here's 25 cents, you know, kind of thing. And um, But I, I haven't won huge, but that's mm -hmm. not why I do it. I, I, yeah. I, it's, it'd be nice. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Trust me, I'd love to win the big money. But we do it for, for fun and for the, the banter and the, the camaraderie yeah. and just kind of going at each other. That's why we do it. Um, but what, what about you? What's the biggest you've gone gotten? Well, I, I had the one game, I had the one weekend, right. And, uh, I, I've been doing this now for close to 10 years, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. And I had one, one game. It was a, it was a primetime game. So it was Sunday night and Monday night. And I actually don't remember what the Sunday night game was. I remember the Monday night game was the Packers game. Um, I can't remember who they were playing now. I think it was the Steelers. Maybe I don't, I don't even remember hundred percent, but I had three guys who went on, on Sunday night and all of them had big games. And I'm like, okay, I'm in, I'm in good shape here. I got a chance to actually win, win some money. And we came down, we're coming down into the, the second half of the Packers game. And I had uh, uh, Aaron Jones, the running back for the Packers. Mm -hmm. And I had, uh, oh, I can't believe I don't remember the, the details a little more. I had one of the receivers, like a rookie receiver was my total flyer guy you know like my my last guy who I was like well you know if this guy hits it I'll, I'll be lucky and middle of the third quarter Rodgers throws a bomb to this receiver he goes like 65 yards for a touchdown I'm like oh my gosh all of a sudden like I'm in the top you know like top like 50 of this game and I'm like all of a sudden I look and I'm winning $1,500 and I'm like holy smokes I, I might like legitimately have a shot we get to the end of the third quarter, and, and I'd played this team in like four different games. I'd entered it in like, in like four different games, and I'm, I'm in the top, top 100 in all of them. And I, I, can, I can honestly tell you, I have never had more of a roller coaster ride in my life than watching that fourth quarter. Because literally every single play that happened, my team jumps, and, and I, I, I'm literally, I'm, I'm, I'm going $500 up, $300 down, $1,000 up, play at a time and it's just 
it's crazy. It's it's just abs. I'm I'm on the craziest roller coaster ride of my life. I was texting you the whole time, being like, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh!" And we're getting down to the very end of the game, and I'm in like third place. Okay, so I am across the board. I was winning. I think at one time I was winning six thousand dollars, five or six thousand bucks, mm-hmm. and it literally came down to the end, and it was <laughs> they had. Uh, Aaron Jones, they pull him out of the game and they put Jamal Williams in. Jamal Williams rubs the ball for a first down that if they had given it to Aaron Jones, I would have gotten first place. I would have won all the games across the board. I would have won like 8,000 bucks. Instead, I got like third. I got like third and one and fifth and another and second and another. And I ended up winning, I think I won 3,800, 4,000 bucks on that game. And I mean, it was utterly insane. Utterly insane. It was, I, I don't even, I don't, I mean, I'd love to do it again, but I almost don't know that I'd want to do it again because it was just crazy. Just crazy. It was nerve wracking for me just going back and forth with you. Um, one, I had put the 25 cents in, so I won some decent well, yeah, money. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you just like <laughs> going back and forth was just crazy because, like you said, you'd go up and then you'd go down and then you'd go up and then, and and for that to, to happen, it was like, you've got to be kidding me. And yeah. uh, no, that, that was, was a fun evening. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. But I, and I think other than that, I've won on a couple of occasions. I've, I've had a week where I had a weekend for the whole weekend where I've, I've maybe won, I don't know, 250, 300 bucks a couple of times. So I've had a couple of, I actually had a, a good Super Bowl one year. I don't remember which game it was, but I think I won a couple hundred dollars on the Super Bowl. Um, one year playing in a couple of games, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, again, it can be a lot of fun, but you know, the odds of you actually winning big, just, just no, it's just not, there's just very little chance. And, uh, so if you are going to play, I mean, go for it because if you like sports, it's a lot of fun. It, it, it will definitely shape the way you watch the game. It will, you know, uh, open up ways of watching sports and ideas and thoughts that you probably didn't even know existed. But, uh, but just, just, just be mindful that you're, uh, you're, you're probably not going to be the guy on the commercial celebrating the, uh, the million dollar victory. And, and also throughout, you know, this season, we'll be giving you our teams, our, you know, who we're going with things like that. We'll say mm-hmm. another way not to, bet is to pick the same team as me because you're probably not going to win anything. <laughs> go with your own. Go with your gut. Yeah, you can go with your gut or you can, you know, spend hours and I have done it. I confess I actually spent quite a bit of time today pulling out the spreadsheet, trying to figure out the formula. And uh, I just don't know if I'm going to put that much effort in this year. I did a few years back and long and short was it didn't make that much difference. But, uh, but yeah, you know, make a team. Get in there, get in the game, have a good time. All right, well, last call. Time for some closing stories. Dustin, I don't know if you saw the story, but Matthew Stafford's wife went on a a radio show or or maybe it's a podcast. or Not our podcast, mind you, but hey, she's welcome to come if she'd like. Talking about how Matthew Stafford just can't seem to connect with the young guys on his team. You know, he's, 
they get in the locker room and after practice and they're all just immediately on their phones and Stafford just feels like he can't connect with the young guys. What, uh, what's your take? Is this, is this just old men getting old or is this, is this the sign that he should retire or what do you think? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I think the young guys' mindsets are I got to get everything out on social media as quick as I can mm. or see what's out there, see what somebody else posted, things like that. But at the same time, I think it's the, the older uh, individuals in the NFL getting older because they understand what it takes to get to where they need to go. Uh, mm-hmm. They know that they need to have a locker room that is that gels together, that really knows uh, what they're doing. Um, and if, if he can't get them together or things like that, I mean, I, I think he sees the writing on the wall. But I think it could be a little bit of both. Yeah, it's interesting because you hear a lot of players who talk about, you know, after they retire, they're like, oh, what I really miss is the locker room. You know, I really miss the camaraderie and being with the guys. And it's, it's just – I don't know that I've ever heard another – athlete come out and say you know I, I can't really connect with him I mean I, when Brady was obviously you know whatever 42 43 44 and still playing he'd come out and make jokes being like yeah, I don't understand what half these kids are talking about anymore but there was always the sense that hey you know I mean I, I, I'm, I could be their dad but hey we all get along you know whatever but this is interesting to me that that uh, you know it's Stafford and maybe his wife you know shouldn't have said it probably not but you know, kind of talking about him feeling like he, I don't know, not connecting with the guys. I, I, I wonder. I, that can't be a good sign. No, and my first thought was she probably shouldn't have come out and said anything. No. But um, since she did, I mean, it, it makes for interesting fodder for sure, especially people in the mm-hmm. sports world. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, here's another one. We'll go to the basketball for you. <clears throat> James Harden. Requesting yet another trade, and I was—I saw there was some story today about uh, about James Harden's various trade requests. And uh, well, what do you think about the whole trade request thing, particularly in the NBA, where it's like you know the era of the super team is kind of still around, right? Where guys are pretty clearly trying to put together the teams. Well, the the player requests, I understand. The requesting it, requesting who to go to, things like that. But basketball, and especially the NBA, is more player ran than any other sport. Mm-hmm. Um, they they kind of get to or dictate what they want to do, how they want to do it, with some caveats. I mean, the NBA is not going to let somebody go to a team that you know that they'll go you know eighty one and one, but. I do think it's interesting that guys get to feel that they have, because it's a business, they mm-hmm. they get to have the say so in what the upper management does, which there are those guys that probably, for good reason, have that say so. And James Harden may be up there. I mean, I know LeBron is for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure like Joel Embiid probably thinks he he's up there. Some other guys as well. That uh, Giannis. Uh, Jokic, but those guys right now want to stay where they're at. But I do find it interesting, and especially the NBA, where it's so player ran and player driven. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also talk that, like, you know, Harden could go play overseas and make triple mm-hmm. what he makes in the NBA. Which, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's some people willing to dish out some serious money for Harden. Oh, to I, go I wasn't over aware there, of that. Which 
you know, we've talked about with the the live with the the LIV and the golf where yeah, yeah. they're dishing out tons and tons of money. We could see that come through with other sports and basketball is yeah. another international sport where it could it could happen and it'd be interesting to see what people would be willing to spend for NBA players to come over there. Yeah. Well, and I actually just saw a story and I, I didn't I, I confess I didn't have the time to, to read it all, but McEnroe was commenting, John McEnroe was commenting about Saudi Arabian money in tennis. And I, I honestly don't know what it what it's about. I, I don't know if they've tried to start a tour or tournaments. I mean, tennis is already so global. I, I'm not really 100% sure what what kind of a play they might have there. But um, but yeah, it, it is interesting as as the professionalism and vast sums of money gets into sports around the world where it has been in the U.S. for a long time and not just the U.S., but certainly I think in, in larger terms more broadly in the U.S. and other places as, as the rest of the world starts you know, throwing more and more money at sports, what that might, uh, what, what that might actually turn into. But yeah, I don't know. I, James Harden just seems to me, I just kind of want to say, James, you kind of need to win a championship first, don't you? I mean, that, I don't know. I, I, I get it. I, I just, I'm not a fan of the super team thing, really. Not a fan of the, you know, three great guys, you know, and it, I guess it really, Kind of, I mean, obviously LeBron started it right, primarily in some with the, the decision to go to the Heat and and uh, bring. I mean, what, you Dwayne can Wade ultimately and, arg- yeah. argue that Jordan did it too, getting Dennis Rodman to come to the Bulls with Scotty and him and. Um, yeah, but did did anybody want Rodman at that point though? I mean, I think some teams would have taken a player like him. Yeah. Although he was a head case, and and yeah. Jordan was able to kind of reel him in. For for you know some of it, um, yeah, yeah. But he knew he knew how to work with them and knew what they needed. But yeah. there, I mean, there. Let's be honest, some semi super teams back then too, just not like yeah. what you're seeing now. Well, at least it wasn't quite so naked a power grab on the players' part, being like, "I want to go play with him and him. We want to get you there, make it happen," you know, and just kind of stating it up front, which seems to be a big, substantial reversal from from previous times. So, one more running backs. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor requests the trade. Jim Ursay says, "Yeah, go for it." And you know, after saying, "Yeah, they're not worth anything now," he wants first round trade value because apparently he's worth a first rounder, but not enough to actually have him sign that first rounder on his team. Dustin, what is? what is happening here? Is this just bad ownership or is this the, I, I mean, what are we doing with running backs in the NFL now that we're getting this close to the year? Well, first of all, it's Ursay being Ursay. Well, he's, yeah. he's one of those, those questionable owners. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if it was, trying to initially play off of, well, yeah, you're good, but uh, so are a lot of other running backs. And then when the coin gets flipped, it's like, no, you're actually top tier, so we need top tier for you. I don't I don't know what's going through his mind. I mean, we know that you have to have a run game in the NFL. If you don't mm-hmm. have that, you're going to be so one-sided, teams are going to be able to kind of hone in on that. But uh, it it's interesting to kind of come back on that. 
for for mm-hmm. Ursay, and to to basically say we want top dollar for you, but we're not willing to pay top dollar for you. Right. So that's and it's just that's so strange, right? It's like we think you're a, a top tier back, and he unquestionably is. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is one of the top five running backs in the league. I I think. I mean, he had an injury, so see how well he bounces back. But I don't think anybody seriously questions Taylor's no, place in the league. No, he is a great, great player. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no questioning that. And I think that that Ursay knows that. He's not stupid. But he might be. I mean, <laughs> you well, know, yeah, it's... I, I, yeah. I can't figure out if he's trying to just prove a point now. Like, well, we don't value running backs, but, oh, yeah, but I'm not giving you away for nothing. But I'm also not going to pay you what you're probably worth. And is it just to prove a point? Is he tanking for the – I mean, they just drafted their quarterback, though, so that doesn't seem to make all that much I, – I just can't and figure it out. But And they've yeah. got a fairly good defense. I mean, they're not yeah. terrible. No. But it, it's I – don't, I don't know what's happening in Indianapolis. Yeah. Well, in the saga, the running back just continues, right? I mean, Elliott signs in New England. Cook signs with the Jets. Jacobs finally signed his deal. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody's – everything's settling down. Guys are going to come out and they're going to play. And, you know, we'll see what the market does next year. You've got Bijan Robinson coming in. Who's going to, you know, be the new, the new young guy that everybody thinks is going to be, you know, everything. Um, we'll see. I, I just think it would be fantastic. The NFL, uh, the owners, maybe, maybe it's the owners. The owners deserve to have a running back dominate the league, take a team to the Super Bowl, and win the Super Bowl MVP. This would be the year to do it. Yeah. This would be the year. Like, all right. I don't think it will. I think it's going to be a pass-happy league, and I think their running backs are going to be fun to watch, but they're not going to control everything. But you just never know. That's why we watch. That's, That's why, why we, we watch. watch. D4 Sports, baby. Bringing it to you every week. We're going to keep, uh, keep dropping these episodes. Plan to drop them on Thursdays each week. Thanks very much for listening if you've made it this far. Dustin, any final thoughts? Uh, just share with your friends if you like what we're doing. Uh, get the word out. We enjoy doing this. Uh, we enjoy doing it for you guys. Um, and it's something we're going to keep doing. So if you like it, let people know. Yeah. Leave us a review. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a comment on uh, social media. We're out there on uh, X, formerly Twitter. We're also on Facebook. going to try to do the social media thing. But thanks very much for listening. And we will talk to you again. D4 Sports is brought to you by Don and Dustin and by our sponsors, Sports and Day Drinking. Special thanks go to Trey Klein for providing the music behind D4 and all our friends and family for supporting us throughout this effort. Let's go have a drink. Yeah, man, the game's on.